Thank you so much for listening to the Echoes of the Holograph audio narration. Today I will be your narrator, Eldar Basic. And this is World 6, Doom Decree. I don't want to go home, said Amanda. I like it here. It smells like him. She began to cry and then wailed. I miss him so much. I know, uh, she said. Don't worry, he is with us. The sea split, and finality was set loose. The rumblings of the new millennium shook the shoreline. Somewhere underneath New York City, two metallic beacons of hope toiled and labored. Their names were Helix and Optics. Figures eight feet tall, clad in bright silver metal and adorned in color. Helix in his red cape and Optics with his blue scarf tied and folded over his arm. They spent their days and nights working in a large underground auditorium near the Earth's core. In the center of the vast dark dome was a large, decrepit machine. It was a bright yellow compilation of metal and ore, a cylindrical metal hulk, accompanied only by the low, constant humming of the glowing holocores in their metallic chests. They called it the Architect of Hope. The first sign that humanity's reign had ended was the earthquakes. A hulking beast adorned in smoke and fire with monstrous tentacles, down its torso, who cut the clouds with its mighty horn appeared, along the eastern seabed. Twenty years after the atomic American passed away, the broad demon appeared. Its roar could be heard for miles. Armies of devilish knights that emerged from the sea began to overtake the continent of North America, with the rest of the world soon to follow. Grass began to crow where it shouldn't, and then the streets were quiet. Humanity rose up in waves to quell the tide of the invasion, but the broad demon's dark nights overtook the population and made quick work of any and all resistance. Their callous gray armor, mimicking the broad demon's own, was impenetrable by bullets and grenades alike. Armies of broad knights marched to the suburban neighborhoods and cities alike, calling all in their path. It started in America, and then ended in Russia. In the fires of humanity's extinction, hope still remained. Posters of Amanda and the Atomic American from many years ago lined brick walls amongst its gray streets, the symbolic faces of a rising underground resistance. Their bullets and tanks of humanity's resistance lasted about a week. They were forced into the sewers where they were continuously hunted, all the while doing their best to survive and hide from the encroaching darkness above. The Broad Demon, the great enemy of the holograph and some say of the world itself, was driven by its will to extinguish all traces of the holograph's light from across the universe. This ancient evil from an unknown galaxy was immune to the natural energy and protections of the holograph. Humanity's aging stalwart protector Amanda with her lightning and godlike strength, fell to the towering entity not long after its hulking mass beached ashore. With a crack of the broad demon's building-sized claw, Amanda found herself flying into the sharp tower. Her last thoughts were of her mentor and friend Jonah and his pets, Jack and Angelica. Her body would remain in the tower, crackling with lightning for months to come. Her body unable to decompose due to its composition, skewered backwards, resting in a morbid state. The broad demon slumped over in the center of New York City, in a towering ominous pose as it watched over the cold world 
in silence, a very dark hibernation. The only woman who could have possibly stopped the invention, Jonah's successor and the protector of the earth, was dead. The age of the broad demon and its knights had begun. In her old age, Amanda loved to work with cybernetics and automation. Before her death, and with the help of Dr. Aishi Paraj, she built two artificially intelligent robots and programmed them to build a machine using the energy of the holograph. This machine would serve as a gateway for discovering more about how the mysterious holograph energy worked. With an ominous feeling in her gut, Amanda was compelled to protect the machine. The Architect of Hope, as they called it, was transported by Amanda and her two companions to an underground silo near the center of the Earth, days before her defeat at the hands of the Broad Demon. Miles below the Earth's surface, Helix and Optics toiled and searched for a message, any message, on how to reverse the Broad Demon's devastation. In their search for a method to turn back the tide of the apocalypse, months would pass, and the biological signs of life from above the surface began to dwindle and ultimately disappear. Helix felt sadness for the humans. He felt deep woe for mothers, children, animals. Optics oversaw the infrastructure of the machine's code, compiling the program he was worked and coded by Amanda to build. He watched the crimson and cobalt energy of the holograph crackle around the inner glass case inside the machine, where he assumed the answer that would save them lied. They uploaded their neural drives into the heart of the machine, but were thwarted each time by mysterious dark energy that prevented them from seeing its very core. Dark energy akin to the holograph's own that appeared when the broad demon emerged made the machine spark and fizzle out at each attempt. The broad demon grew closer, always hunting them, its dark nights digging closer and closer, each and every day. Elix studied the humans and their defenses during the invasion, surveying their methodologies while making notes of old religious prophecies. He studied old, worn texts and scribbled on Bibles and Qurans. Optics searched the entirety of the Architect of Hope's code for months on end, frustrated at the dark energy preventing him from seeing the machine's core. However, over the course of a year, Optics devised a plan. He harbored a long, dormant survival protocol encoded in him by Amanda and began writing a program that borrows from it. This program was meant to preserve mankind's culture, but Optics decided to bend it a little. With this protocol in place, he could scour the Earth's digital text, internet, and communication relays until he had found the most probable eradication equation for the new black energy preventing him and them both from seeing the machine's core. He would have to compress his mind and upload it into the machine itself. His search inside the machine could take months. Helix wished him well, and Optics initiated his sleep state. The glow of his visor dimmed, and his body fell quiet. Helix was met with silence in the silo for two months, as Optics' body flashed yellow and blue. Optics' digital self was in search of the solution to eradicating the blinding dark code inside the core of the Architect of Hope. The large machine buzzed in word, and Helix chronicled its various reports and analyzed the change in its programming. It was around the beginning of month three of silence when the Architect of Hope rebooted with a clunk, awakening Optics along with it. Optics' visual sensors kicked back online, the light filling the room as his bright digital eyes met with Helix's own. He jolted upwards. I believe I've discovered it, Optics exclaimed. Do you remember the doctor that mentored the Atomic American? The secret to the machine's core was in one of Dr. Muhammad Paraj's medical documents regarding the polymath phenomenon. 7th edition. Incredible. 
Upload your findings to my internal mind drive immediately, Helix demanded. Optics obliged. In the old thesis, Dr. Paraj outlined what he had learned about the atomic American's brain and how it worked. In it, he explained that Jonah had far fewer brain cells than people with neurotypical brains. But he noted those brain cells were bulbous in size and had a far greater capacity for information, each being used as a massive conduit for intensely high-speed information. It was fascinating and was the secret to his power. A simple genetic anomaly. The medical paper's inclusion of Jonah's genetic DNA base proved useful and was made up of the same code that Amanda used to give the Architect of Hope life. The two robots were able to input the code into the user interface of the Architect of Hope's command module. The broad demon's dark energy that covered the Architect of Hope's core began to dissipate till it was no longer there. There was an input module on the core's face. One word blinked up at them. Initiate. Helix pressed the touchscreen. The machine hissed and opened its largest front component, revealing a tall black box eight feet high and a small black orb. A projector-like panel on the orb opened and revealed a small hoop-shaped lens that began projecting blue and purple light around the room. The laser-focused light that shot out began to stabilize in a line, and a fuzzy, static-projected hologram of a woman appeared. Helix and Optics felt elated. It was her. It was Amanda. Their helmets reacted to the projection and lit up with color. Amanda's likeness stood between them, physically separating the two robots who turned to look at her. She stared straight ahead and made an audio track that began to play. My dear sons, Helix Optics, how I miss you. I remember when we first built you both. It was a few years after Jonah and after his pets passed away and left me alone. I began studying artificial emotion-based technology and started prototyping your likeness. I had always found it difficult to make proper friends until I met Aishi. What a beautiful, strong woman. The responsibility of protecting the Earth was a heavy burden, but it was easier when I gave life to you two. My electrical powers made it impossible for me to have kids, but I found love through you both. I was never able to quantify the feeling of love and never figured out the proper way to make you feel like, feel what it is I feel. Somehow, though, I hope my feelings are requited. The recording flickered. Helix and Optics had evolved. They felt deep love, gratitude, and humility toward Amanda. She continued, Something powerful is coming to Earth. I will do my very best to thwart it. However, if I am not successful, there is a failsafe. The two AI raised their heads together and appeared as puzzled as two sentient robots can be. I'm going to initiate the final protocol now. If successful, and only if successful, I will combine your energies to access a stream of consciousness that only holograph energy can reach. Inside both of you, as you know, are two hollow cores. These power your drives, limbs, thought patterns, emotional code, and internal moral directives, among thousands of other processes. As you know, they are your machine hearts. However, there's an initiative phase that will combine your cores and perform something remarkable. You cannot survive the process. The power necessary from the Architect of Hope will short out your cores minutes after the process completes, but if I was successful, you will finally have accomplished the task I ordered and programmed you to complete. My dear sons, please know that you successfully extended a hand of light to every person remaining on Earth and have given them one final chance at survival. 
I am sorry for this, but I am proud of the both of you. You have always filled me with hope. Thank you. I love you both. There was a pause as the eyes of Amanda's recording looked around the room, seemingly locking onto her creations. Amanda's final words of the recording were, Save us. The underground dome began to quake. Miles above, the broad demon's eyes slowly cracked open, shattering nearby windows. Its immense body began to slowly unfurl and its limbs began to stretch out as the city streets cracked even under even under its impressive weight. Helix and Optic's bodies began to shake. They began to float. Their arms were now outstretched sideways and their backs both arched. Both of their chest cavities opened to reveal their shining hollow cores as the Architect of Hope began to work harder than ever had before, sputtering and making loud noises. The machine groaned and sparked destructively. Helix and Optics floated towards the machine until they were just a few feet away from it. Their cores flew out of their bodies and floated above the machines, glowing the color of Hope's final promise, red and blue. The cores combined into one golden orb. The lights from the machine, the glowing of Helix and Optics' bodies, and the blinding lights of the floating cores coalesced into one white light. And then, silence. There was a final sputter from the Architect of Hope and the clang of metal as the bodies of the two machines fell to the floor. The light began to subside. Helix and Optic's backed-up sensors clicked on and glanced at the burnt, crumpled Architect of Hope as their own metal bodies began to fall apart. Their programming and code began to crash and glitch. Then they looked up and they saw him. Jonah had returned and floated in front of the two robots. The tips of his feet hovered high above the destroyed Architect of Hope. The leather of his costume tightened as he floated, and his eyes darted around the room. He clenched his fist, and particles of light resembling solar systems exploded around his fingers. A great monolith of power was reborn. His cape ruffled in the air, and dust rose from the floor below. Jonah gently settled on the floor, puffed his barrel chest down, and looked at Helix and Optics. Jonah's costume was as pristine as the day he officially died on the farm. His slender form stood proudly in front of the two robots, and his muscles hugged the lining of his costume tighter than ever. The red and blue hues of Jonah's costume completely covered his body. Superpowered man, and his pale eyes, white and glowing with smoke, his hair matched the color of his eyes. The wrinkles on his face were evident, unnatural, and the revived man's hands were veiny and calloused. They had done it. With Amanda's help, Helix and Optics executed the unimaginable, the revival of the Atomic American. They tried to push their failing, damaged bodies up to meet him, but did not have the strength. The robots stared at the revived Jonah, their visual displays crackled with their final signs of life. Thank you both. I don't have much time, so I have to cut our conversation short. I can handle the rest, he said. Helix and Optics spoke in unison. It was our pleasure, sir. Please give our regards to Amanda when you see her again, Duo said, their vocal processes stuttering and glitching. I will. The Atomic American flew again. The boom of Jonah's upward flight was 
immense, and shook the walls of the silo with the ferocity of a powerful earthquake. His body emerged from the earth in seconds, and he felt the patter of rain he had come to love so much in his former life. Jonah closed his eyes momentarily and took it all in. He crouched in the air, drawing in red and blue light that caked and danced around his muscular frame. The energy stormed violently around him. His body propelled forward with the speed of light. A blur of red and blue skimmed the city's skyscrapers, bending streetlights in his path. His mind raced, his eyes bright white, devoid of trepidation. History would call the punch Jonah delivered to the broad demon the Rocket of America. When the atomic American crashed into the broad demon with his fist, the resulting shockwave could be felt miles away. Plumes of dust, states away, rose minutes after the atomic American's hand collided with the broad demons. When the remaining human survivors peeked their heads out of the sewers, they saw a floating tower of a man donned in red. He was carrying the body of a woman away, surrounded by red and blue lightning and white smoke. They wondered if it could have been him from so many years ago. The dust in the underground silo had finally settled. The architect of hope turned off with a sigh, as Helix and Optics' final life processes shut down, their helmets now devoid of any light. Background Music by El Scavon Reading by me Book written by me Introductory song and ending theme by Brandon Moss Echoes of the Holograph. It's available for purchase on Amazon. You can either get the paperback or the Kindle version, whichever makes the most sense for you. Take care, guys.